0: God, we love you, and God, today we come again uh, just hungry for you and hungry for your word. God, I pray that, as you do every week, that you would speak through me. How would these words not be my words, but would they be your words for your people on your day? God, this is all for you, or it's all for nothing. So God, we, we give you our minds, we give you our hearts in this moment. Would you open them? Would you speak to us? Would you challenge us? Would you change us? Would we leave here knowing that we've met with a living God this morning? How we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to start uh, a new series this morning. Uh, I know I kind of talked about it. said I was going to go for four weeks on Elisha. Um, but. Uh, if you if you want to know what I would have talked about this week on Elisha, we're going to talk about Elisha and Naaman. You can go ahead and read that story. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna move ahead. I just feel like God was kind of uh, scooting me along in, in where we're going here, and so we're gonna we're gonna spend the next four weeks uh, talking about the Lord's prayer, really diving in and, and thinking about how does this how how does Jesus. Teach us to pray. What is what is prayer? All right. I think uh, I think I'm pretty convinced here that that most Christians and. probably most Christians in this room, would would agree to this, that prayer is important, that prayer has power, that we all need to be uh, people of prayer. I think we all understand that prayer is all of that. We talk about prayer, right? We talk about prayer a lot. We, we pray together. That's one of the main parts of our service, is, is praying together. We pray together often during our services. We'll, we'll ask each other, how can I be praying for you? Or we'll ask people will you pray for me for this? We understand the power of prayer. We understand uh, what prayer means in our lives. But sometimes I think all of this kind of just gets gets lost and we forget about the why. Why do we pray? Why is it that we, why is it that that Jesus calls us to pray? And what does it really mean to pray? And so we're going to spend the next four weeks looking at the Lord's Prayer and answering these questions, and I think over the next four weeks, there's really really four words that I want to kind of talk about. This week we're going to talk about desperation. The next week we're going to talk about desire, and the next week boldness, and the next week confidence. And as we go, I think what you'll find is that these four words are, are really central to this idea of prayer and, and what it means to be a person of prayer. This morning, we're going to talk about desperation. And I think everybody, everybody kind of understands that when we're desperate, we pray. Even people that don't believe, when they're desperate, they pray. Right? Even if they don't know who they're praying to or, or they don't believe in a God even to pray to sometimes. If they they're, find themselves in a place of desperation, oftentimes people will just, will just pray. Even if it's just a prayer of hope, like, man, I... I hope this all works out. I hope someone is listening to me. I hope this all works itself out in the end. Right? We, we pray when we're desperate, right? whether you're a believer or not. And, and so it's football season coming up. And as I was thinking about this, I just, there's a play in football named after this whole concept. It's called the Hail Mary. Right? When you're at the end of a game and you have done, you, you've done all that you can do and you're still behind in the game, You've exhausted all your options. You've, you've gone through all of your personnel. There's a play at the end of the game where you just, you just throw the ball up and you, you pray. Right, this, is, this is what a Hail Mary is. I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I've been on the opposite end, on the wrong end of a lot of Hail Mary plays. Right? It's not fun. It's, it's not a fun experience. But this is this is this is kind of what we do, right? We get into these moments where where we've exhausted everything that we can do. We've we've gone through all the options. We've we've essentially gone through all our personnel and said, "This is what I can do here, and here, and here, and here." And all this is still going on. I feel like I can't do this anymore. I'm at the end of my rope, and so I guess all there is left to do now is pray. Have you been there before? I've been there before. Uh, we, we pray when we're desperate. We pray when, when we feel like there's, there's nothing left, right? There's, there's no more time. There's no more opportunity. There's no more options. And so, so we pray. I feel like I just described my own prayer life there. I feel like sometimes this is me. Like I, I just go through my life and I, I feel like I'm doing things really well. I feel like I'm I'm on the right track. I'm I'm right in my own I'm my lane, you know, I'm doing exactly what I feel like God is wanting me to do. And then at some point I finally hit this point of just being exhausted and just being done and overdone and and I, and and then I pray. Maybe maybe you're there with me, and maybe I I just I'm convinced that this is not what God desires for us. I really am convinced that 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 God wants us to pray this prayer of and this feeling of desperation at all times. Like we need God at all times, in all ways. We need God. If there's anything that we feel like we can do on our own, we're probably doing it wrong, or we're probably thinking about it wrong, because we need God in every aspect of our lives. I'm convinced that this is what God desires of us, and I'm convinced that the early Christians really did know this. I think they knew this. They knew that the core of of praying is, is desperation upon a holy God, Every moment of every day. So we get to, to Luke here. Luke chapter 11 is where we're going to be for the next four weeks. Luke chapter 11. If you're using one of our pew, I was on page 736. And Luke chapter 11, we're going to start at verse 1. And I just wanna, want to, today I just want to answer this question, or at least think about this question with you. There's not, well, there is a good answer. I think I have a good answer for it this morning, but I'm not going to exhaust all the answers this morning. But I want, to, I want to talk about this question, why do we pray? Why do we pray? What's the point of praying? Luke chapter 11, starting at verse 1, and we'll go all the way through verse 13. This is going to be our, our core passage for the next four weeks here. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Now that sounds a little different from the one in Matthew, but I wanna, I wanna, we're going to go on this one. There's one in Matthew as well. <clears throat> Verse five. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. those who ask him. Again, we're gonna spend the next four weeks in this passage. But I I think we'll probably just hang out in verse one and maybe a little bit of verse two today. As we talk about this this question, why pray? Why do why do we pray? And really I think there's as I was thinking this week about why we pray, I, I I was thinking about these three different Three different options, and here's the here's the first reason. I think we pray to express our need, the depth of our need for God. We pray to express the depth of our need for God. Luke, the author of Luke, is all about prayer. in the In the books of in the book of Luke, you see prayer all over the place, and you see Jesus praying. All over the place. In contrast, Matthew and and Mark they have Jesus. They have Jesus praying about. uh, They talk about prayer. Excuse me. Between thirteen and seventeen times each. The rest of the Gospels. Luke talks about praying fifty. He uses the word prayer fifty times in here. And 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 even in even just in terms of Jesus, right? The Luke has nine times that Jesus goes and he prays by himself. And seven of those are unique just to the gospel of Luke. Right? Luke wants us to see Jesus as, as someone who is relying on prayer. Why? Now, why, why is that? Right? I, I want to just take a tour real quick through the book of Luke. Uh, and so you can keep your fingers in Luke 11 here. But if you want to turn with me, you can. If not, you don't have to. Uh, but Luke chapter 3, verse 21 This is, this is as Jesus is being baptized. It says, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Right? As Jesus, Jesus was praying while he was baptized. Right, Chapter 5, if you skip over to chapter 5, verse 16. <clears throat> It says, or verse 15, we'll start at 15. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed, all right? Chapter six, just, just one chapter over, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus, One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. He spent the whole night praying to God. Chapter nine. Nine verse eighteen, I believe. Twenty yeah, nine eighteen. Says this. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say I am? I want you just to, to continue that. I'm not gonna read every passage, but I just want you to get these pictures. Jesus Praying in private, Jesus going out and making sure he was he was praying right in verse twenty eight of the same chapter chapter nine, about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up to a mountain to pray right We, we know this is a transfiguration here right you go to skip ahead to chapter eighteen, Luke chapter 18, <clears throat> 18 verse one then Jesus told his disciples a parable, and I, Luke, Luke adds why he's telling this parable in here, to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Right? Jesus is telling his disciples a parable that they should always pray and not give up. Chapter 22, Luke chapter 22. <clears throat> Verse 31 and 32. Simon, Simon, this is Jesus talking to Simon Peter. Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Jesus is saying to Simon Peter, I'm, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you. Same chapter, verse 40. Jesus went, or verse 39. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching that place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He's telling disciples to pray. And the same thing in verse 46. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Right? You see, Luke is... is all throughout Luke, I just gave you just a, a sliver of this. All throughout Luke, we see Jesus <clears throat> telling people to pray. We see Jesus living this out and going out to pray himself. Going, into, going to the mountainside and praying all night. Right? We see Jesus going out to be by himself and to pray. We see the importance of prayer in Jesus' life. So, is it any, any wonder that the last, that the dying breath of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 23, verse 46, is a prayer? Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into my hands I commit my spirit. I don't think it's any coincidence that Luke ends this, this book, with, or ends Jesus' life here, with, with a prayer of Jesus. Jesus is literally praying in the book of Luke from start to finish, which raises the question, why does Jesus have to pray to begin with? Isn't Jesus God himself? Why is Jesus even, even needing to pray? I mean, we might talk about this a little later, right? But I think there's, there's maybe even a, a deeper question here. Why did, why did he need to pray to begin with? I think it's obvious that it was important. But why? Well, since we're already I'm just gonna keep going here. Since we're already flipping, let's go to John, John chapter five. I think we understand why, why the the why is kind of in John here. Why does John have to pray? John chapter five, verse nineteen. Jesus gave them this answer Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what the Father sees what he sees his father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. It's interesting right that, that this is why Jesus prays because I, I can't do anything without the father even Jesus is saying this I, I need God the father to be with me this is why I pray All right turn to John 14 I know we're flipping a lot this morning I hope you brought your your flipping fingers John chapter 14 verse 10 and 11 Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Why was Jesus praying? He needed the Father. I think the the deeper question here is, is when we read the Gospels, what do we see Jesus doing on his own? We see Jesus doing absolutely nothing on his own. He even admitted in John chapter 5, without the Father, I can't do anything. I need the Father. I need this time to pray. And if Jesus needed to pray in order to do anything, then who are we to try and live our Christian life and to go about doing the things that we think we should do when even Jesus needed to pray and go to the Father to live the life that he came here to live? I'm getting some stairs. Did I make you flip the Bible too much here? I think maybe. Even Jesus needed the presence of God in his life to be able to do anything. This is why we pray. We pray to express our need before God, our need of God. God, I need you. This is why we pray. This is why Jesus had to pray. Jesus can't do anything without the Father. We can't do anything without the Father. Am I making the connection here? I'm still getting blank stares. Okay, all right. Just making sure you're with me. All right. I'm pretty convinced that this is this is why the disciples asked Jesus, "Teach us to pray." Teach us to pray. All right. These these disciples aren't. They're not just. Nobody. They're not just coming out of the woodworks not knowing anything about praying. These are, these are Jewish men. They know what prayer is. They know what prayer means. But they come to Jesus, their rabbi, and they say, teach us to pray. And what are they seeing? They're seeing real things happening in Jesus' prayer. They're seeing the effects of Jesus' prayer. They're seeing prayer work. Prayer move things. Prayer changes things. They're seeing all this, and they come to Jesus, and they say, they say teach us to pray. And even though they're they're kind of a in the gospels, they're kind of a bunch of slower guys, right? They kind of take a little bit to get some things, especially, especially Peter. They they get this. And how do I know they get this? Well, you go to Acts chapter 1. Make you flip some more. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. They're all, they're all together. They said they all join together constantly in prayer. All the disciples, all the people, they all join together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, and the mother, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. I could keep going in the book of Acts, chapter 4, right? The, the church is persecuted. The church is, is going through a rough time with the Sanhedrin. And, and they all together, they raise their voices and they pray. Acts chapter 9, a woman named Tabitha dies. Peter sends everyone out of the room. What does he do? He he gets on his knees and he prays and Tabitha gets up. Right? Chapter 12, Peter is in prison, and we see the story of the whole church together praying for Peter while he's in prison. Chapter 16, Paul and Silas are in prison. Where's the church? The church is together in a home praying for Paul and Silas, and Paul and Silas at about midnight begin to do what? They begin to pray, and they begin to sing, and what happens? There's an earthquake, and the jail gates are thrown open, and they're free. I could go on and on in the book of Acts, right? But in the in the very end of Acts. Acts chapter 28, verse 7 through 9. There was an estate nearby that belonged to, <coughs> to Publius, the chief official of the island. This is Paul writing the or this sorry, this is Luke writing this. He welcomed us to his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. Paul went in to see him, and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. When this had happened, the rest of the sick on the island came and they were cured. They honored us in many ways and when we were ready to sail they furnished us with the supplies we need. What do we see in the book of Acts? We see a church who has gotten the importance of prayer. How'd they get the importance of prayer? Because these disciples had, had been following Jesus. They had seen Jesus go off by himself to pray. They had seen him heal people with, with prayer, right? They, they tried to heal someone one time, and they said, Jesus, why can't we do this? Why can't we heal this guy? And Jesus says, this kind can only be healed through prayer, Right? They, they begin to understand prayer. Prayer is how this whole thing works. Prayer is so important in our faith. Prayer is so important in this life. If we are going to do anything in our Christian life, in this, in this walk, if we're gonna, these disciples are saying, if we're going to continue the legacy that Jesus has left here, we need to be people who pray. Because we need what Jesus had, Jesus went to the Father because he couldn't do anything without the Father. Why do we pray? We pray because we need God the Father. We cannot do anything without God the Father. It's not within us. We can't do this. And, and our, our conviction is that we can do nothing without God, and that is why we pray. Here's my, here's my concern this week, as I've been thinking about. My, my concern this week has been that, that we have turned what was fundamental to the early church into something that is supplemental today. I want you to hear me again on that. I think we have turned what, something that was so fundamental to the early church, this, this prayer. They prayed together. They didn't, they didn't just pray before meetings and after meetings. They came together just to pray. It was so fundamental to the early church prayer. I think we've, we've turned something that was so fundamental to the early church into something that was, is supplemental to us today. And here's the question I want you to think about this week. For you, is prayer something that is fundamental? Or is it just something that is supplemental? I do it when I have to. I do it when I feel like I need to. But it's not fundamental to who I am. It's not the core of who I am. I'm not, I, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a person of prayer. How would you answer that question? I want you to think about that this week. Is prayer fundamental to you or is it supplemental to you? We'll move on here. We, we pray because we need God. But the second thing, we, we pray for a deepened intimacy with God. We pray for a deepened intimacy with God. The disciples ask Jesus, teach us to pray. And Jesus says, when you pray, you should start like this, Father. Father. Now, prayer is, I think sometimes we've, we'll, we'll talk about more of this, this whole Father imagery maybe in a couple weeks. But there's no doubt here that there is, there's an intimacy here that comes with being able to call God Father. Sometimes we, we, we treat prayer as just asking for something. We go to God and we ask. And, and this can get really frustrating, right? This is, this is honestly probably why some of us stopped praying at some point. Because prayer to us was just going to God with our needs and going to God with with, with things to ask for. And when we don't get what we ask for, we get frustrated and we we get bothered by that. And so we stop praying. Because if this isn't going to work, then why should I even do it? right? If, I, if I'm praying to, to receive these things and I'm not receiving these things, then why should I even continue praying? There's, there's no point in continuing to prayer. And it's, and it's frustrating, right? And so we ask, and after a few times, it gets old and we, we stop. Then you get to Matthew chapter 6, and, and in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is telling his people how to pray. And he says, don't be like the pagans who just use a ton of words, and they do it out in the open so everybody can see them. But when you pray, go into your closet, essentially, and pray. And know that your Father in heaven knows what you need before you even ask. Amen. He knows what you need but before you even ask. And for some of us, this, this passage, we just throw our hands up and say, all right, well, if he knows what I need, then why do I need to pray? If he knows what I need before I'm going to ask, then why do I even need to ask? All right, what, is, what is the point of prayer? But God has designed prayer for you to grow deeper with him. Here's, here's the whole thing of prayer. In prayer, we are desperate for someone and not something. I want you to, to understand this distinction. When prayer becomes just about asking for things and, and trying to receive things from God, like, it's kind of like trying to, to find the right combination or to put the right coin amount into the vending machine. Like, if I, if I pray this way or if I, if I say it this many times, or if I put this many coins in the machine, I'll get what I want. I'll push the button. It'll come out the way I want it, right? But this isn't prayer. Prayer is not being desperate for something. Prayer is being desperate for someone. It's, being, it's wanting to be, be intimate with God. God has prayer for you and him to grow deeper together this is the most important thing in the world is your relationship with God the most important thing in the world I mean even Jesus needed to go off by himself to be with God I hear I hear often as I'm talking with people about prayer Well, the Bible tells us to pray continually, right? So I pray in my car, I pray here, I pray this, I pray while I'm doing this, and while I'm doing this, and, and to that I say amen, amen to that, amen for your prayer life, amen that you can pray in the car, and you can pray and do all that stuff, but there comes a point where you need to get away, and you need to find some quiet time, and you need to spend some time with God to build this intimacy. Here's what I'm talking about. I talk to my wife a lot. Like, a lot. Now, if if the only time I talk to her, or if, yeah, if the only time I talk to her is, well, we were going and doing other things. Right, we're, we're, we talk on the way to... To drop off kids at school. We talk on the way here, on the way here, on the way here. We're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. And so we're talking, we're talking, we're talking. And there's never any moments where we're just alone and able to just be quiet and spend some good quality time together. I guarantee you the intimacy in that relationship is not going to grow very well. In every relationship, you need these times where you're just alone, where you can just be quiet and sit in the presence of the one you're trying to be intimate with. I need those times on the couch at night after the kids have gone to bed where we don't even say a thing, but we're just sitting there on the couch just being together. I need that time. I need these quiet moments with my wife where, where we, can, we can talk about important things and we can, we can build these int- this intimacy together. It's no different with God. So yes, pray without ceasing. Amen for that. Amen for those of you who who pray all the time and you're always on the go and you're always praying. Amen for that because you get a lot of time in prayer. But I think to really build your intimacy with God, you need to be able to set aside some time and just be with Him. Jesus, after spending a whole night of healing people, the next morning it says he got up early and he went off to be by himself. And Peter comes up and he tries to find him and he says, what are you doing up here? There's all these people down here that need you. There's all these people down here that, that want to be healed by you. And, and I can imagine this conversation with, with Peter and Jesus saying, I need this time. I need this time just to be you. I need this time to recharge. I need this time to build my intimacy with my Father. So we pray. Yeah, we pray because we need God. And we pray to build our intimacy with God. And here's the, the last thing I want to talk about this morning. is We pray to, to be able to experience the power of being used by God. To experience the power of being used by God. Here's the, the cool thing about prayer. We get the help and he gets the glory. We get the help and he gets the glory. Right, you think about Jesus' life. Jesus, his friend Lazarus dies. And he gets up there and he's a little bit late. They've already buried him at that point. The sisters are a little bit mad at him. And he gets there and what does he do? He stands in front of the of the tomb. And he calls for Lazarus to come out. And he, he prays. And he calls for Lazarus to come out. And it's not so he can get, the, it's so God can get the glory. Jesus, in, the, in this crowd, he's, he is, there's, we talked about this last week even, we talked about Jesus, and he's, he's in this crowd, there's 5,000 men there, there's probably ten to 12,000 people in this crowd, he's been teaching them all day. Disciples come up and they say, hey, these people are going to be hungry. We need to send them home so they can get some food. And Jesus looks at them and he says, you feed them. And they end up doing a long series of things. They end up bringing Jesus five loaves and two fish. And Jesus prays over these, these loaves and these fishes and he raises them up to heaven. He blesses them. And what happens? God gets the glory that day. We just got done talking about Elisha. Right? And we talked about Elijah and, and uh, Elisha's mentor, Elijah, right? And his his time with the prophets of Baal, right? These nine hundred and fifty prophets, and he challenges them to like a god duel, right? And and he and he's, he's say he's kind of teasing them. He's saying, "Well, where is your god now? Why can't your god blow down? Why can't your god light your sacrifice on fire? Maybe maybe he's in the bathroom. Maybe he's asleep, right? Maybe you need to yell louder so we he can hear you." This is First Kings eighteen. I didn't make up any of that, right? And then he says, pour water on mine. And he prays so that these people may know that you are the one true God. Would you light this sacrifice? The fire comes down from heaven and the other prophets realize this is the one true God. See, in prayer, we we get the help, but God gets the glory. God gets the glory. John 14 I think this is this is amazing. John 14 12 Jesus says that that if we remain in him that we can do even greater things than Jesus did. I didn't make that up either. That's John 14:12. How could we be able to do that? Well, we we understand that we need God. And we're building our intimacy with God. And as we do that, as we're, we, we, we get to experience the power of being used by God. And as we pray and as we do this, lives get changed and God gets the glory. Lives get changed and God gets the glory. This isn't about you. This isn't about me. This isn't about our, our own This is about God, that God would get the glory, that we could be used by God as such a huge gift from God to us. Why do we pray? We pray because we desperately need God. This is something that that we'll continue talking about. We desperately need God. Why do we pray? We pray because we want to build our intimacy with this God. I want to know God. I want to know who he is. I want to know God in a very real way. I don't want to just know about God. I want to really know God. I want to build my intimacy with the one true living God. I want to know him. I want to spend some time with him. I want to be in this word. I want to be praying. I want to know God. I want to build my intimacy with God. Why do we pray? Because there is power in being used by God. On the back of your bulletin, what are we about here at Fresno First? We're about being used by God to change lives. How do we do that? We do that if we are a people of prayer. If we're a people of prayer. So my question to you this, this morning, and I want you to think about this this week as you go. For you, is prayer fundamental or is it simply Supplemental. What does your prayer life look like? Is it at the core of who you are? Is it a foundation of who you are? Is it just something that you add on when you need it in the Hail Mary moments of life? I'm excited to jump through as we continue talking about prayer, especially the Lord's Prayer. We'll get to the Lord's Prayer next week. Let's pray. God, God, we love you. And we are just thankful once again to be in your presence, thankful to be in this place where we can come and we can worship and we can come and we can, we can be challenged and, and, and spoken to by you, God. God, my prayer this morning is that each and every one of us would begin to, to think about our, our prayer lives. Prayer must be a fundamental part of who we are. God, help us not to see it as a supplemental part of our lives. God, we don't need you sometimes. We don't need you a little bit. God, we we desperately need you. We are desperate for you in this place. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Would you stand with me this morning? I just want to pray a prayer prayer of blessing over you. So just hold out your hands and just receive this blessing this morning. May the God of love and grace go ahead of you, go with you. May he be in all your conversations this week, in your workplaces, in your homes. May he speak to you in prayer and challenge you and comfort you. And may you make a difference for him wherever you may find yourself. Go in peace, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.